Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about malicious compliance. Only take breaks when I tell you to. Sure, no problem. I used to work at a call center where we would get flooded with calls constantly. This is a story of how a busybody boss thought they understood everything since they were in charge. At the work we were given two 15-minute breaks and one 45-minute lunch break. The breaks were scheduled into our day so you could see when they would be, but this would change day by day. My role was a bit different than the normal agents as I was specifically dealing with the higher issue calls. These calls would take up to an hour to complete, and the caller would need to stay on the line, unless they were fine with a call back later, but this was rarely the case. Since I never knew when I would be getting these calls, my break times were a shot in the dark, if I would or wouldn't be on call. I would just take them as soon as the call was done if they ever intersected, which they did 99% of the time. Enter my boss. During a performance review, I hit all the marks except for attendance. I asked about this as I know I missed a few days but always with a reasonable update for time frame and never had a no-show day where there is no warning that I'm not coming in. My boss stated that attendance also applies to break and lunch times and since I rarely took them at the requested time, I was getting written up. I explained my role that they hired me for and the challenges involved. They didn't care and stated I needed to take breaks when I was told to. I asked for them to send me an email so that I could print it out, put it on my desk, and never forget again. My boss smiled ear to ear, probably because they thought I was growling at that point. And sure enough, they did, stating in the email, You must take your breaks only when the schedule tells you to. No time else. There is no excuse. I saved it, printed it out, sent a copy to my own email, and followed it to the letter. Next call that happened that same day, of course, had the long call crossing over with a break issue. I asked the customer if it would be okay for a callback. They said no. I stated that, unfortunately, I can't stay on the line as I'm required to take my break. They became enraged and demanded to speak with my boss. I told my boss. They said that I needed to apologize and finish the call. I showed them the email they just sent to me and said, You told me to take my break at this time no matter what. I'm just doing what you told me to do. I'm taking my break. Would you like the customer transferred over or should I just hang up? They took the call over, and from that day on, I never had a missed attendance mark. God, busybody bosses are the worst. Long calls equal better bonus? Hold my beer. A brief story from my time in a telecoms contact center. I worked for a rather large Australian provider that everyone knows and actively hates, mostly because it's fun to hate them. In this story, we were doing outbound calls to transition people onto the new NBN network. For those of you unfamiliar with Australia's internet, it was third world, literally. We were slower than Nigeria until we rolled out the MBN and upgraded to slightly faster third world speeds. Also worth mentioning, much like the company I worked for, the MBN was universally hated. Cause it was crap. Enough said. Anyway, like all call centers, we had a bunch of miserable hoops to jump through in order to bring our paycheck up to a level that could be considered humane. Our capitalist overlords refer to these hoops as KPIs, Key Performance Indicators for the Blissfully Ignorant. Anyway, with the new campaign came a new set of KPIs. Conversion rate, active call time, after call time, and customer satisfaction were the KPIs of the day. 
Now these KPIs were normally all BS. You needed to meet some god-tier numbers in order to collect a half-decent paycheck. However, in this particular case, there was a loophole. See, due to the controversial nature of the NBN, we were told to focus on quality over quantity. They wanted an excellent customer experience, and the new KPIs were a reflection of that. As such, quantity of conversations was not a KPI, and when I questioned if we had time limits on calls, I was told, we don't care what you do, but long calls means a good experience, so keep them on the line and get them switching over. And so began the best work month I had at that soul trap. See, before entering comms, I was a salesman in aged care, and a pretty good one at that. And you know that stereotype of old people talking for eternity and beyond? It's a stereotype for a reason. Each morning, I would log in, volunteer for the aged clientele campaign, which was easy because they were normally the hardest people to convert, fearful of scams, technology, and such, so not many people wanted to do it. And then I would start to chat. See, when speaking with the elderly, all it takes is a well-placed poke or two, and you can literally have them speak for hours. So for the next month, I took two to four calls a day, down from 20 or 30. Had almost zero after call time. The calls were so long I didn't need it. Had an 80% conversion rate and 90% customer satisfaction. Turns out people tend to like you after you take the time to listen to them. Each phone call, assuming I wasn't told to F off upon introducing myself, would last two to three hours minimum, with my record being a seven-hour call to a lovely bloke named Stan. He told some great war stories. I ended up doubling my normal paycheck, and my managers, while not being entirely happy with my nonsense, put up with it because, at the end of the day, those were the rules and KPIs we were given. I got my paycheck, the oldies got a good chat, and my employer got to pay through the nose. Happy endings for all. I proceeded to hand in my resignation once KPIs went back to normal, which I, to this day, regard as one of the best decisions I ever made. OP, that is fantastic. And honestly, I sort of get why companies put these policies in place, the, the benchmarks and things like that. But really, if you're a people person, you know how to handle the people on the other end of the line. They're either going to convert or they're not, and you can usually tell right away. Sometimes they need a little teasing out, but yeah, good for you, man. Company policy is we do not pay overtime. Tech. Sure, okay, whatever. Sometimes as a consultant, you get to see how an office functions from an outsider perspective. Since you're an independent contractor, the company treats you differently than an employee. Also, just due to the nature of contract work, your engagement is usually short-term. This makes you a temporary fixture and sometimes are just treated as the fly on the wall, like you don't even exist. And this can lead to some interesting observations, including seeing train wrecks in progress. This is one of those tales, not so much about the nuts and bolts of tech support, but more about the people and some good old-fashioned just desserts. Background. As a consultant, you're always going to be the IT guy, whether you like it or not. No matter how you market your services, every single company is going to assume you can do anything with a computer. And when business is slow, that's not necessarily a bad thing if you just need the work. About 10 years ago, I found myself in a situation. I got an inquiry through my website asking about assistance, deploying some workstations and other mundane tasks. Usually I would pass on this kind of work, but it was winter and the other client work was dry that month. The guy still has to pay the bills, so I followed up and within a day the scope of work was signed. Easy stuff. 
company had its own IT department, but just needed some extra hands. I was going to be one of the three outside contractors that would deploy some workstations, do some server admin work, and set up some other equipment for a new department. The money wasn't the best, but it was time I had free and was all swing shifts work, meaning no traffic and I get to sleep in. Not bad. The first day. I report as requested, about 3pm, and talk to our contact. He was a senior engineer in charge of part of the IT department there, saying he really doesn't have time to do anything more than a quick introduction, as they're slammed with work. He shows us the ropes and leaves us to it. Between three of us, we break down our specialties and parse out the work. Everyone knows this is a cakewalk of a job and wants to just get it done fast as the pay was flat rate. I take the server work and see my contact who was the system administrator. Figuring he was probably gone for the day as it was mid-evening, I was just going to leave him a note asking him to call me. But to my surprise, he's at his desk. In fact, just about everyone in the IT department are milling around. I didn't think much of it at the time, just that it was one busy department and the guys must be pulling double shifts. He shows me the systems and I get to work. Around midnight, we're wrapping up for the night and the three of us break down what we have left with the senior engineer who's still on site. The plan is to wait until Friday night to deploy the workstations and get everything in place. The senior engineer says most of his team will probably be there all weekend anyhow, so it doesn't matter to him. I left thinking, man, that's a busy place. Those guys must really be pulling down the overtime. I wonder what's going on if they have so much work, as I walked out the door that night. Soon enough, I would find out the deal. Friday night. Head to the work site a little early on Friday, figuring if we all pull a long night, we should be able to wrap it up and all get our weekend back. Things are going great, and we're ahead of schedule, so the senior engineer offers to take us out to a local diner while we wait for the office to close up, so we can deploy the workstations without tripping over people. At the diner. Senior engineer. I want to thank you guys for all your hard work. We're all overworked, and when we got approval to contract out this job, everyone was excited. Me. Hey, glad to be of service. Looks like you guys are crazy busy. Is everyone pulling doubles and doing weekends to handle your ticket load? S.E. Oh, we're understaffed, so we all have to pull extra hours. Me. That sucks, but must be some great overtime. S.E. Overtime. Not really. We're all salaried. Some loophole or something. We just put in the time because we all need the job right now. The conversation trailed off from there, but it left me thinking. In this state, most IT workers are eligible for overtime as a matter of law. There is no loophole like that. Something's not right. Back at the work site. I'm in the network closet with the system administrator, hooking up some ports and finishing the server work. He's a friendly guy, so we start chatting. Me. I was talking to your buddy and it seems like you guys work insane hours here. I asked trying to fish for a little information. System admin. Oh yeah. It's been like this for a year. 60 hours is a light week these days. It's BS. Me. Yeah, the other guy said you don't get overtime? S.A. laughs. That's what the boss tells us. Let me show you something. He pulls up an email exchange he had with his manager. It's dated about 10 months ago and makes the very point I thought that the entire department should be getting overtime and the law requires it. His boss's response in bold and caps was, It is company policy to not pay any overtime. Working more than 40 hours is part of the job. Deal with it or find another place to work. Then the SA smirks and shows me his response to the boss. Sure, okay, whatever. His emphasis. And that was the end of the exchange. 
Me. Look, I'm not a lawyer, but you might want to call up the labor department. I'm pretty sure it's illegal for you to not be getting overtime. Then, to my surprise, the SA pulls up another email from his personal account. Oh, it's blatantly illegal. I asked a lawyer and this was his response. He showed me a memo explaining the law and that most likely a lawsuit would be successful. This was dated about nine months ago. Me, confused. So you guys know you should be getting overtime, but not getting paid and everyone's okay with that? Essay. We all make sure to log all of our hours and document the time. Me, still confused. But you still aren't getting actually paid overtime? Essay. No, but we will. Here's the kicker. According to the lawyer, the labor department will look back at the hours we put in for the last 12 months and award us retroactive overtime. So all of us just log our time and keep records. Then in about a month, we're all going to file a claim all together. The company's going to be on the hook for all that overtime, and they won't be allowed to fire any of us for reporting them either. Then the coup de grace. Essay. We all figured when this whole thing started, if we pressed the point back then, they would just figure out a way to screw us. So we just all decided to stay quiet, put in the time they tell us to work, and we'll get our bonus check when it's all said and done if this stuff is all backdated. Damn, that is some stone-cold strategizing. Me. How many hours do you think you guys have piled up? S.A. Hard to tell. Everyone keeps their own paper logs to keep it quiet. We also don't talk about it too much, so nothing gets out, but last time we met outside of work, it was a boatload of time. I figure for myself, they'll owe me about 13 to 14 months of salary and overtime, <laughs> and when it's all said and done, add up damages, penalties, interest, it'll probably total almost two years of pay. Me, holy cow. S.A. So if the guys won't talk about it and seem eager to work all these long hours, now you know why. We finished up the job that night. I exchanged contact information with a few guys and said if they had any other contract work to think about giving me a call. That was it. Until. Three months later. I'm at another job and see an email come in from the system administrator. Subject line, overtime claim. Hey IT guy, hope you're doing well. We all ended up filing a big overtime claim with the state, and the company fired us for supposedly falsifying our timesheets. The lawyer is sorting it all out, but anyway, I wanted to know if I could give your name to an investigator who's looking for witnesses to verify some of the extra hours we worked. Some details followed. I agreed to talk to the investigator and got a call about a week later. He asked me some routine questions about times and dates and wanted me to email him over some proof I did the job. Then he started going into the details of the case. We got this company for probably a million in overtime and damages between all the guys in the department, plus the firing is probably illegal, so that's going to be another few hundred thousand on top of it. The insurance company wants to settle, and once we wrap up the due diligence work, I think these guys are all going to make out rather nicely. I didn't hear anything for a while until another email came in from the system administrator. Subject line, RE, overtime claim. Just wanted to let you know we settled this whole thing. Company caves pretty quick once it was clear we kept honest logs of our time and the local management violated parent company regulations for the sake of making their site budget look better. Can't go into details, but we all got sizable checks, enough to pay off some loans and go back to school. I'll have to find a new job, but after I get my grad degree, that shouldn't be an issue. Appreciate you talking to the investigators. Thanks, IT guy. Wow, that is epic. Holy cow. That is some planning. Very detailed, very thought out. And the thing that amazes me even more is... All the guys in the IT department worked together on this. They collaborated and really knuckled down and did what needed to be done 
to keep their jobs at the time and follow through with the the suit. It's just crazy because even the most well-meaning companies uh, or employees of companies as a group, as a whole, it's really hard to work together for that long, keep that many secrets, not fight each other. Um, you know, personality differences really tend to take over most places. So, wow. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.